activate. Oh, y'all awake today. I know last week y'all was sleeping. Y'all were sleeping. Hello. I'm going to do it again. But this time I want y'all to stand up. I, I listen more when people stand up. You know what I'm saying? I'm confrontational. Yeah. I'm do it again. I, I don't see everybody standing up. Everybody should be standing up. Elevate. I still can't hear you. Y'all should make it to the front. Make it to the front. Come to the front. May I can hear y'all more. I want y'all to break the screen like Cinderella. No, who was Cinderella? No, no, not Cinderella. Who yelled in the glass, in the champagne glass? It's a Disney movie. You know what I'm talking about? Never mind. Y'all looking like I'm crazy. Welcome to Elevate. Are you excited? Yeah. Do you love Jesus? Oh, okay. Let me ask y'all again. Do you love Jesus? Yeah. Do you love people? Y'all yeah. had to think about that. Uh, let me see. I don't know if I love people. <laughs> Welcome to Elevate, guys. I'm so excited y'all here, man. I want to encourage y'all tonight, man, to go all out for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? A lot of y'all here came defeated. A lot of y'all here came, you know, with sin, struggling. You know, you know what I'm saying? But tonight, man, is the night where you will know Jesus. You will know his love. And I want y'all, man, to really go all out, worship Jesus, get to know the Father in heaven who loves you, right? Does God love you? Yeah. Come on, y'all. Say it like you mean it. Does God love you? Yeah. Do you love God? Yeah. Come on, somebody. Let's get ready to worship. Father God, I just thank you for this time of worship, Lord, for what you're going to do, God, that you're going to touch hearts in this place, God, that you're going to lead us to new places, God, in the ways that we see you, God, in the ways that we view you, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come and have your way. We're going to sing you rich in mercy. You're rich in mercy. You lavished me with love. And even in my sin, you reached down for me. And that's what you call true love. You're rich. You're rich in mercy. Yes, you are. And you lavished me with love. And even in my sin, you reached down for me. And that's what you call true love. Jesus, you took my place. And Jesus, you made a way, and I was dead, but now I'm alive. Jesus, you took, and Jesus, you took my place, and Jesus, you made a way, and I was dead, but now I'm alive. You're the name, you're the name above all names, and the love above all those and peace above all things your name is higher you're the name yes you're the name above all names and love above all those and peace above all things your name is higher by grace by grace i have been saved through faith not from myself, it's a gift from God. It's a gift from God by grace. By grace, I have been saved through faith. Not from myself, it's a gift from God. It's a gift from God, Jesus. Jesus, you took my place. 
are so powerful just reminds us about Jesus and what he did that he took our place on that cross that he made a way when we didn't have no other way to get to him to get to the father the Bible says that no one can come to the father except through Jesus Jesus is our gate Jesus is our door and in this time of worship I want you to respond to what Jesus has done for you God, teach us to respond, God, to your sacrifice, Lord. Jesus, you took my place. Jesus, you made a way. And I was dead, but now I'm alive. Jesus, you took my place. Jesus, you made a way, and I was dead, but now I'm alive. Jesus, you took my place, Jesus, you made a way, and I was dead, but now I'm we respond to your sacrifice, Lord. And
attitude of worship. I just want you to close your eyes with me. And as we've been singing this song, it says, hallelujah, you have won the victory, meaning that Jesus has won the victory for us. And my question to you is, what is the battle that you're in right now at the moment? What do you need victory in tonight? Come on, is it, is it the thoughts that you think in your mind? Is it sin that you're dealing with? Come on, is it thoughts of anxiety or feelings of anxiety, of depression in this place? Suicidal thoughts. What is it that you're dealing with? Because God sees it and he's ready to bring victory right now as we sing this song. This song isn't called the anthem for no reason. But when we sing this song, I believe God comes and he begins to touch and he begins to renew the mind. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. Come and touch hearts in this place, Holy Spirit, God. It doesn't mean anything, God, if we're just singing songs, Lord. We want to pour our hearts and pour our lives to you, God. We want to see you have a victory in us, God. We want to sing this out to you, God, with the hallelujah, with the highest praise, hallelujah, and hallelujah, and you have won the victory, 
Jesus, Jesus, come Lord, Holy Spirit, fill up these youth, oh God, fill them up, oh God, so strong that they can't contain themselves, that all they could do is fall to their knees, oh God, gently to their knees, bring these youth, oh God, I pray for revival right now, Jesus, Jesus, a revival, God, bring it, oh God, I believe in it, I want them to see it, oh God, I want to see it, oh God. Oh, Lord, how great are you, God? How great are you, Jesus, Lord? Even in the midst of sins, oh, God, of these youth, you are still good to them, oh, God. I pray, God, that you turn the evil in their hearts into something great, oh, God. For it is what you do, God. You turn something, God, so evil into something great for your glory, oh, Lord. I pray, God, that tonight, God, you turn this into your glory, God. Have your way in this youth, God. Mold their hearts, oh God, for you are the author and perfecter of their faith, oh God. Let your will be done, God. Your will be done in their hearts, oh God. I pray, God, that tonight, God, they will feel your love in such a way that it will magnify their lives, where it would come into their lives, oh God. And their friends in their high schools, middle schools will ask them, what is it that you have that I don't have? How can I receive Jesus? And our prettiest youth will boldly proclaim the word of the Lord and say, Jesus, Lord, repent now for the kingdom of God is at hand. I pray and I rebuke, God, all the lives of the enemy. I rebuke all hostility, God. I rebuke, God, the lies. I rebuke, God, the depression, the anxiety, oh God. I rebuke, oh God, the deception, God, these youth, God, have been learning in their schools, oh God. Jesus, have your way, God. I believe in a miracle, God. I believe that miracles will happen tonight, oh God. And I pray these youth, God, will believe in the same thing, oh God, that they came here hungering, seeking, and searching for an answer. I pray, God, they will search no more, for the answer has been found. It is here. 
your presence here, oh God. Lord, have your way, God. Love on us, Lord, and show us, show us how it is you want to love us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. What's up, what's up, what's up? Elevate. Elevate. What, what? What, what? God is good. And all the time. Amen, amen. Who's excited to be here? Make some noise. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to see you guys. I love all of you. I love all of you. If you're a first-time visitor, can you raise your hand? Raise your hand if this is your first time here. We just want to say thank you guys for coming, and we love you guys. If it's not your first time, we still love you, amen? We're here every Friday, 7 p.m., 5405 West of Versi is our address, and we have a vision here, and our vision is loving God and loving people. Who knows what loving God means? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody know how to love God in here? Do I got any Christians in the building? Anybody know how to love Jesus up in here? Dang. Dang. Lawrence, they don't love God. What am I going to do? No, we're still going to love God, though. We're going to obey his commands and worship him with passion. And through that, we love people. How do we love people? Anybody know? Well, I'll tell you. We preach the gospel. Oh, go ahead. Yuli, what, what's the other one? Just shout it out. What's the other one? I gave you one. Helping times of need. Amen, amen. And then, ah, wow, choked on my own spit. That's messed up. And then we have a strategy. Our strategy is strategy is connect mentor and send so we're going to connect you through our life groups so who in here is an ambassador Ooh. i'm i'm, I'm kind of scared to do the other one because they're kind of loud but i mean and then we got the resistance yeah, you, you didn't have to do all that extra stuff well you can just stay in your seat all right stay in your seat next time no, nah, but that's awesome. So get connected there. And then we're going to mentor you in our 101 and our 201. Can I hear my 101ers make some noise? Okay. <laughs> and then we got our 201ers. It's like just like back and forth right here. It's just like I hear them. That's all I hear. And then we're going to send you out to make disciples that make disciples. For our ultimate goal of 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. If you believe that, can I get an amen? Amen. amen. All right, we got something super exciting coming up February 17th. Let's fall in love. Now, this doesn't mean let's fall in love with the, the crush that you have at school or nothing. But you know what? You could bring them here because we're going to fall in love with Jesus. This is the uh, Friday after, after Valentine's Day, or before, before, after? Okay, this is after, oh, my wife's getting mad at me. My wife screamed that one out. February 17th, it's after uh, Valentine's Day. We're going to have here, we're going to have a worship conference. You're going to get closer to Jesus. We're going to have some awesome stuff going on. So I would advise you all to all come out and experience Jesus on a deeper level in worship. Amen? All right, let's stand to our feet for tithes and offerings. Who knows what a tithe is without looking? Jose, you looking at me like you know. You know? You sure you don't know? He got earrings coming in here all flashy. We see you, man. We see you, man. We see you. Who knows what a tithe is? Xavier, you looking at it, so you might as well tell me. What is it, Xavier? 
10% of your total income. Okay, okay, you got it right. Make some noise, come on. You got to give the man some love, and who knows what an offering is. Okay, Yuli, I'm not going to call on you. You're a leader. <laughs> you should know. <laughs> Lala. Oh, no, you know what? I'm going to go to Jamira. Sorry, I'm going to diss you, Lala. <laughs> Anything you give after your tithe. Anything you give after your tithe. Come on. They both got it right. Amen, amen. So we're going to have an infamous example. Let's see what they cooked up today. Okay, it's not that difficult. What's 10% of $7,345? Who knows what it is? I'm just going to call somebody random, so y'all better know. I'm going to look. Don't make eye contact with me because then I might call on you. Well, I made eye contact with Avi. Oh, she's trying to look away. I saw you trying to look away. What's 10%? $734.50. Ooh, she said that with confidence. Is she right? If you're if you wrong, that was some false confidence. Oh, she was right. She was right. Okay, okay. All right, wait, go back. Was it 50 cents or 40 cents? It was 50? You sure? Am I wrong? Oh, okay. All right. $735.50. Amen, amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you for this night. We thank you for this time that we could get deeper into your word and experience your presence in this place, Lord. I pray for any uh, newcomers, anybody who hasn't been here in a while, and even the consistent person, God. I pray that they would all experience you tonight, God, in the sermon, in the uh, worship, in the altar call, in the breakout groups, that your spirit would be here, Lord. And I pray that you would bless the tithe, God, that it would go towards uh, furthering your kingdom and ministry supplies, and we will be able to big be able to do bigger and better things for you, God, every time uh, we go out and do these outreaches, Lord. And it's in your mighty name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. You could bring your tithe forward. Look at these guys, man. They love this song. <laughs> they are so turnt tonight. <laughs> That's TJ, by the way. TJ, raise your hand. This is TJ. He's the most turnt brother you'll ever meet in your whole life. <laughs> Give him an applause for his dancing. <laughs> anyway, what's up, everyone? I am so excited for tonight. We got a special treat for y'all. Not Skittles, not M&Ms, none of that stuff. Sorry. But we got some snacks loaded. No, we got the word of the Lord that is going to come upon y'all through a vessel. And I will not say that who that is yet. But, hey, I will tell you right now. Everybody, give it up for Joe B. Hey, guys. How you guys doing tonight? I've never done this before. So everybody look to your neighbor on the left and be like, I love you. 
Say it like that, I love you. Now look to your neighbor in the right and be like, I love you more. All right, I know you guys love each other though. I know you ain't doing it, but. So, all right guys, uh, today I am preaching, uh, like Yudi said, uh, because Steve right now is not feeling so well. So, uh, matter of fact, let's, let's pray for him real quick. Uh, Lord God, I just, uh, I thank you God for who you are, God, and how you love your children, Lord. I, I thank you for Steve. I thank you for his heart, his heart for the youth, his heart for the, his leaders, God, that you would put under him, Lord. I thank you, God, for um, his calling that you would put in his life, Jesus, and I thank you for his heart. I pray, God, that you would uh, heal him, Lord, that uh, whatever he's going through, Jesus, whatever pain or discomfort he's going through, Lord, uh, I pray that he would be healed in Jesus' name, and I pray that the hospital would send him out uh, stunned and in, uh, in awe of your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, so today I am going to be preaching about Jacob, okay? We've already heard about Jacob, uh, so I'm not going to get super into his story, but uh, I will say this, though. Jacob was a very interesting man. He uh, is the child of Isaac, right? Everybody know that? Josie knows that for sure. She's checking me, and she has Bible facts all up in her mind, dude. She's, like, making sure I ain't saying the wrong thing. But long story short, Jacob, he ends up uh, going away from his family, uh, which is very common to a lot of you guys. You know, you guys have seen people go away from your family, maybe come back later for college or whatever. But he goes away in a bad way. Uh, and uh, I'll talk about the events leading up to that. But um, he actually wrestles with God. Pretty dope. Pretty dope. I don't know. We like to wrestle here, right? Hey, who like The whole front row here likes to wrestle. I know that. But who likes to wrestle? Yeah, we love to wrestle here. And who would like to have a chance to wrestle God? Right? Now, that's kind of weird. Everyone's like, yo, how am I supposed to wrestle God? But um, Jacob does just that. So if we can get uh, 32, Genesis 32 up there. You guys got Bibles or nah? Say nah if you don't. Say yeah if you do. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> okay. So, wait, let me, my Bible's kind of like a little torn up. It's all good. So, right here, Jacob wrestles with God. And I would like to name this a different title. In your Bibles, it may say Jacob wrestles with God. But I also want to say it might be Jacob's confession. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But reading from uh, verse 22. That, uh, that night Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two uh, mid-servants, maidservants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of Japheth. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over uh, all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, but Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, what do you ask 
my name. Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God's face. It's because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. So, hey, man, that's, uh, it may be a little weird for you guys. Like, man, do we wrestle with God? That's kind of weird. It may be awkward, but it happened. God actually, and I'll spend a two, couple seconds. God, God has a character, right? And God is very powerful. And God can actually do anything he wants. I know a lot of you guys don't want to believe that, but he can do whatever he wants. And in the Bible, he actually uh, sends messengers, right? And I actually did a little study on this recently. It's called a theophany, right? And I know Pastor, uh, not Pastor, he could be a pastor. Humberto talked about this a while ago. A theophany is a physical uh, representation of God. I would say manifestation, but I don't think any of you guys know what a manifestation is. It's basically a physical form of God. So God comes, right, and as an angel, as a man, right? And he wrestles Jacob, right? But he says something that's really weird. And it's going to lead into what my title uh, of this message is. And he asked him, he asked him, what is your name? And that will bring you to the title. My, ter- my sermon name is God Knows Your Name. Right? Say, God Knows My Name. So God Knows Your Name, right? Now, God, he has a few characters. I'm going to teach you guys something today. How, be, how many people like to learn things? So, God is omnipotent. Omnipotent. I got to learn it myself. Hold up. Omniscient. Yes, thank you. I just learned this, too. I was, like, making sure. Actually, I knew about it. I just had to learn the pronunciation. So, he's omniscient, right? So, that means he's all-knowing. Thank you, Berto. He's all-knowing. What does that mean? He should know his name. He should know Jacob's name, right? Also, God is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at all times. You know what I'm saying? So he knows this. So why does he ask Jacob uh, Jacob his name? Well, I want to uh, let you guys know that it's not that he didn't know, okay? He knew who Jacob was, right? It's, did Jacob know who he, who he was, right? And I know you guys are like, whoa, that's trippy. It's really trippy, actually. Because Jacob, see, his story is he lied. He was a deceiver. His name actually means to deceive, a deceiver, a worm. He stole the birthright of his brother, right, by lying, pretending to be his brother. He lied, right, Uh to a person he was living with, Laban, right, that he was with him, and he, t- he stole some things from him. He stole some ox and stuff. So his whole life, he's been running from who he was, lying about who he was. And at this moment, he had to come to grips with the fact that he was in front of an all-knowing God. Now, that's, that's a really big thing right there because this dude was lying his whole life. His name is Deceiver, right? And I know you guys are like, okay, my name is Pedro. But I ain't from Napoleon Dynamite. What's, what's your point here? But the thing is, in those times, names were very important. Like, imagine if I came up here, right? And I'm, I'm going to just be, what if I came up here and I, I had the, the name Donkey Face, right? Y'all be like, man, dude, you must have been cursed to be ugly or something. I don't know. But... 
It was even deeper than that, right? Because the name meant almost like the character, the personality, who the person was, where they came from. So this, Jacob's name is Deceiver. That's who he is. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's a thief. And that's what his life has been about. And he's, he's known God. He knows who God is, right? Like he's had encounters with God. He had a dream where he saw a ladder going to heaven, you know, where God spoke to him. I mean, this guy knows the power of God, right? And, I mean, some of us might be like that. You know, some of us may have grew up in church where we've seen people, you know, like knock down the spirit or something, you know. I seen that when I was young. I seen when someone just, like, gets straight paralyzed, and I was, like, freaking out. I was like, this place weird. Like, what's going on? But I seen that, and I seen people prophesy and have the prophesy means to, to say something that God has told you, right, that other people can't know. And I've seen that before my own eyes when I was younger. But I was like Jacob. I kind of just ran away, pretending I was someone who I wasn't. So one thing that I got from this was this. You have to be honest with God. Matter of fact, you have no choice but to be honest with God. Now, I, I have an idea, right? And it's something that, because when, when Steve asked me to preach and Ashley asked me to preach as well, uh, they were like, you know, preach what's on your heart or whatever. And I was like, man, you know, I got a lot of things on my heart. You know what I'm saying? But, I don't know, I felt like asking God, what was on your heart? And God told me that he desires people to live holy. Now, holy is, is a word that we like to throw around a lot. And when we think of holy, we might think of the Pope. Right? Let's be real, you know, like we might think, oh, someone who's dressed like the Pope, someone who has high prestige, right, someone who's uh, high in the church or whatever. But the Bible doesn't talk about holy like that as a class, as a, as, as, you know, as a way to dress. I mean, I'm dressed pretty normal, right? But I would consider myself holy, you know, and that's not something that I'm boasting. And that's something to praise God because I'll explain in a second. Holy is to be set apart. It is to be different. It is to be unique. Now, the thing is, the only person, uh, and person is, is cutting uh, him short, but the only one who is holy is God himself, alone. God alone is holy, right? So, if God desires us to be holy, and only God can be holy, is God asking us to do something that's impossible? Say, yeah or nah? Nah. So, are you holy? All right. You see, and we can say that, right? We can say, hey, yeah, 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 Lord, yeah. You know? But is it true? Are we deceiving ourselves? You know what I'm saying? Because Jacob ran, oh, man, dude, if you guys have a chance, read the story of Jacob. Because he ran a lot. You know what I'm saying? This guy was dipping. He was like a little nomad. That means a little, I don't know. <laughs> he was like a straight hobo, like on the, the trains and all that. <laughs> that's what he reminds When I would read the, the story of Jacob, that's how I would read it. So be honest before God. You know, if, if you're saying, yeah, I'm holy, but you know right that you are not living holy, that you, you can't stop but sinning, right? To be honest before God. Say, man, God, I'm not holy. All right? 
Which uh, leads me to ask yourself, do you know who you are before God? Think about that. So that's something to think about. Uh, now, another thing I want to point out, after he asks, what is your name? And he replies, Jacob. God straight changes his name. He just says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. So why did he just change his name? That's like a rhetorical question. That's like, hey, man, hey, Terion, you got a dollar? And then I, he's like, yeah, I got a dollar. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, of course, God didn't steal, steal from him, you know, but that's like saying, dude, he, that's not even his name no more. God gave him a new name. But remember when I was talking about, like, what's so important about a name, right? Like, my brother Elijah right here, he has an awesome name, right? But if I just said, Elijah, from now on, your name is Toby. No, your name's still Elijah. I'm joking. But what's the importance of that? Like, what does that do? What does that do to Elijah, who is now called Toby? Man, it changes the course of his destiny. Literally, Jacob was a man. And right before this, see, Jacob, he was alone with God. He had set his, his people aside. He said, you know what? You're, you go over here. You go over here. He was desperate. He was nervous. He was about to meet his brother who he stole his birthright from. He was scared. He was getting ready to give away all that he had. He was scared even before because the man he had took the sheep from or the goat from came to him and God had spared his life there. So this dude was on the run. He was like, man, I, I really, I don't know what to do anymore. He was on his, his last leg, so to speak. He really had nowhere to go, you know. And that's how a lot of us are, are at times, you know what I'm saying? I remember when I came to Christ, that's literally kind of like the emotions I had. I'm like, man, God, I don't really know what I'm doing with my life. You know, I remember I, w I went through high school. I just did my homework. I was like, I wasn't a horrible student, but I just didn't care. They're like, hey, I remember all my friends, they're like, hey, you applying for colleges? I got like 30 applications. And I'm like, you, how do you apply for college? <laughs> and I was like at the end of senior year. So I didn't really have a future. I, was, I had no future, dude. I was like still on a hung up on like, man, dude, if I get like 10 inches. I said this before. If I get like a 10-inch growth spurt, I, man, I'll be the next like Michael Jordan or something, dude. Or I'll, I swear I can be like Chris Paul. If you hoot with me, I, I want to be like Chris Paul. I still say that. Yeah, I do. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to front. I still like to play basketball. Praise God. <laughs> But, you see, it changed the course of his destiny. It changed who he was. It changed his personality. It changed everything about him. And I, I want to tell you that that's what happens when you meet God. As simple as that. If you say, hey, I'm living holy. Hey, I know God. But then I look, if, and, and trust me, because I can look at your life and I can be fooled. But you see, the only way that you can know is if you know from God. Because God searches the heart and searches the mind of every man. I have a, I have a scripture. Don't worry, I'm not going to look it up. It won't take that much time. But I have a scripture, and it, it's such a powerful scripture. One second. And if you got your Bibles, or everyone that said yah to the Bible, they better be flipping, dude. They better be flipping. Okay, so it's, it's two scriptures I want to speak about. 
What is mankind? This is Psalms 8, 5. 8, 5, 4. I didn't even say the scripture. I was flipping through it. It's Psalms 8, 4 uh, and 5. Well, actually, just Psalms 8, 4. 8, 4. It goes like this. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. And then in Jeremiah 17, it says, The Lord searches the heart and examines the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. And there's two things I want to share just from those two verses. It's, it's, you might feel a little bad, but you also might feel a little encouraged. See, God is mindful of us. Does, does everybody know what it means that to, to say that God, the creator of heaven and earth, of all that we know, is mindful of us? A lot of us, we're so worried about ourselves. We're worried about what other people think about them. We're, we're worried about, man, dude, what is that that girl, man? She smells like strawberries. She 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 got curly hair, man. What, what does she think about me? Oh, man, what about that guy, man? Oh, dude, he's like 6'5". He's part of the football team. What does he think about me, right? We're always worried about that. Or even like random strangers, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we got insecurities, let's be real. And we're like, man, dude, I can't wear this shirt. They can see my, my, my gallon, you know what I'm saying? They can see my, my 12-pack, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, have we ever took the time to sit back, right, and ask, what does God think about me? Because God is mindful of us. Matter of fact, God thinks about us so much, right? God's mind is filled with thoughts about us. That's a beautiful thing. That's something to think about. Because we're so worried about people that cannot change the course of our life and what they think about us. But yet we haven't taken a step back and be like, man, God, how do you see me? What do you think about me? Share with me your thoughts. It says that the Lord, and in the Bible it says this, that the Lord wants to confide in you the secrets of heaven. Dude, that's, like some of y'all don't understand that. Some of y'all think about PlayStation still, man. Some of y'all still thinking about the next uh, episode of Pretty Little Liars or Walking Dead or something. Like, get off that. Man, life is more than what you see on Facebook or social media. There's a God out there who thinks about you all the time. And just what? Not only does he think about you, like, just your name or whatever, but just like this. He thinks about your destiny. He thinks about your future. He thinks about what you like, what you desire. That's a beautiful thing. Some of y'all are still thinking, caught up on simple things. You see, he changed, he changed Jacob's name, right? He thought about Jacob. He thought about a plan for Jacob. And anybody know the story of Israel? You know, they got 12 sons. Josie knows for sure. Josie knows for sure. But they're supposed to, to like, carry this promise from God for a whole world, for the whole world, basically. They're supposed to be basically God's ambassadors. Ambassadors? Eh? So God's ambassadors on planet Earth. Jacob was the one who was given that promise to fulfill. But he was running away from it his whole life. And you know what he did? He brought him back to it. He changed his name from Jacob Deceiver to Israel. Basically the overcomer. This man's whole life was changed. And that brings me to my next point, because this is why I call this Jacob's Confession, right? When he said his name, he said the history of his name, basically. He said what that name meant. 
He said, I am a deceiver. And some of y'all might know this because you guys, you guys, you guys have all said this. You know, you guys have all repented of your sins. You're living right for God. But he basically confessed his sin. He said, you know what? I lied. I stole. Wrestling with God, he said, I am a deceiver. That's what Jesus wants. He wants us to realize who we are. I, I have a, another scripture because God changes, his, he changes another person's uh, name upon confession one day. And his name is Peter. Everybody know who Peter was? His name was Simon. But in Matthew 16, 15 through 17, Jesus asked Simon instead. He says, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Haiti will not overcome. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Dude. He changed Peter's life. Peter was a fisherman, yo. Like this dude, you ever see those like those uh those fish fish sticks things? You know, you ever think about the dude with the beard and all that? That's Peter right there. He's straight chilling, ain't doing nothing but getting fish. And Jesus straight changed his whole life. He said, "You're gonna be the rock upon which I which I build my church." And just to let you guys know, okay? So, because you guys are like, what's a what does a rock have to do with it, right? Do you guys you see this right here? You guys see this? Hey, everybody looking up here, Abel? I see you're probably gone right now, but bring it back. Bring it back. You're not on the football field. You are 13 years old right now. 14 years old. My bad. See, everyone sees this, right? If this was the fall, first of all, I'm not even using this to put my notes on, right? If this was the fall, everything falls. Dude, Peter, he basically said, Peter, you're the rock. I wish I'm going to build my church. Now, of course, that said to all believers, I just want to let you know that we are the church. So God, but God starts that with Peter, changes his name, changes his life. And God wants to do the same thing with us. So that brings me to my next question, right? Because Jacob was made new through this confession, right? After this confession, Jesus made him new. And that's what happens on confession if it's done truly. God makes you new. Ask yourself this. Have I been made new through Jesus Christ, or am I still a sinner? Because it's plain and simple. Jacob, he was no longer Jacob. His name was Israel. If you repent, confess your sins, you're no longer a sinner. The Bible says you're a saint. So if you've done that, the, the best question would be, what do you do now, right? I mean, you're saved. You're saying, hey. Can I just go back and sin? Can I just can I just say that I'm holy and live whatever? Can I just pretend I'm good? It's pretty simple. And could you put uh can you get Galatians five six? See, Jesus, when he came on this earth, right? How many of y'all know about Jesus, right? First of all. Do you guys know that Jesus loves you? Do we even know what kind of love that is? Do you know what kind of love 
drives the God of his, the, he created us, right? He's the God, right? What kind of love drives God to die for his creation? That's like my man Jose making some clay, right? And he loves this clay so much, and his sister, Jamara, is about to throw it out, right? And all of a sudden, he just straight, boom, drop kicks her, right? Straight drop kicks her. She's like freaking out, crying. She's like, Ma, he just drop kicked me. He ta- he's taking that punishment because he loves the clay so much. But it's on a much severe level, right? Because remember, I said God is mindful of us, right? So if God is mindful of us and he loves us, right, what kind of love is this? Because if he thought about us all the time and you like straight sinning like crazy, right? Let's say, man, like you before you came here, you just watched pornography, right? Or let's say before you came here, you just stole something. Or before you came here, heck, dude, you're straight lying left and right. I knew some people that would lie so much. I knew a friend who he had cuts on his on his back on the back of his head, right? Because he got a bad haircut. And he lied and he said a tiger scratched him when he was young. Like, dude, I know someone in this in this room that had lied, said they were in a coma for like four years and drop like drop kicked their teacher. <laughs> dude, I know so many people have lied. I've lied, dude. I remember I remember lying so much. I remember one time I got in a fight with this one kid. I lost, though. I'm not going to front. I almost won. But I had his blood on my shirt, right? And the teacher's like, what happened? I'm like, oh, man. And I made up the biggest lie of my life. It was a movie. I was like, man, so we're playing football. We're getting aggressive, game-winning touchdown. I hit him so hard, he gets mad. He's like, you want to fight? I'm like, yeah, let's fight. And we start fighting. And we just hit hit each other like three times. And I got his blood all over me. And that's why there was a lot of people there, you know? They were watching the football game. And then, dude, they believed me, dude. I got away with it. But then they got caught up after. But, dude, if you're here, right, and it just kind of went on a tangent. My bad, yo. But if you're here and you're saying yes to everything, you know what I'm saying? Yes to, like, man, dude, I love Jesus, right? I've been given new life. God knows who I am. I know who I am. But yet you're not acting, living holy, then you must not know the God who saved you. You see, the God who saved you, like I said, searches the minds and the hearts of every man. You can deceive yourselves. It says in the Bible that the heart itself is deceiving and wicked. You can deceive yourself like, man, I feel good. I must be saved. No, (laughs) that's not true. What happens when you feel bad? Oh, I'm not saved, God. It's not about what you're feeling. You see, you can't lie to God. If you are living holy, you might have to question, hey, man, dude, did I really give my life to Jesus? Because I don't think what you, got, you guys know what that means. You see, to give your life to Jesus, and I'll take like one minute to explain to this. To give your life to Jesus, that means that you're made holy. You're made perfect, right? So that excuse of I'm perfect, so no, nobody's perfect, so I don't have to be perfect, that's out the window. You're made perfect. That excuse of, oh, man, well, I mean, I'm just messed up. You know, God's working on me. Or, you know, I'll, I'll figure out one day. Oh, that's thrown out the window. You no longer have any excuses. Jesus Christ says you are perfect. You're made clean. You're made holy. You're blameless. You're spotless. That means, dude, you're like one of those bird. You ever seen those dove commercials where they have a dove 
and he's filthy with the oil, right? He can't clean himself. His feathers are useless. But then all of a sudden, some kind dude just comes and cleans him. Right? Dude, that's kind of like us. We're filled with this gunk, this nasty junk, right? And God knows that he's mindful of that. Matter of fact, God hates sin. He hates sin so much. He hates sin more than you'll hate anything in this world. He despises it. He can't look at it. He can't be with it. But he loves you. That's the thing. So ask yourself, if God loves me and hates my sin, why am I still sinning? That's something you have to ask. And, and, and a lot of you guys look at that and you guys think of religion. Oh, I'll just start going to church more. Then God will start loving me. That's not true. Maybe I'll just start doing good things. Nope. You see, in this passage it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. That's basically when they would do some kind of, I'm not going to get into it, but they did some religious ritual. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Let me paint a picture for you real clear. Faith, right? Everyone says they have faith in this room. But here's the truth. The cause will be love, right? You say you have faith. Okay, where's your love? Because if you had love, the effect would be obedience. It's plain and simple. If you, don't, if you say you have faith in God, but you're living disobedient, then that must mean you don't love God. It's plain and simple. If you are living in sin right now, and you know that you're wrong, and you say you have faith in God, that means you don't love him. It's plain and simple. Now, let's say you're like, man, dude, you're right. I want to repent. I want to confess my sins. I want to be made new. Here's the thing. You got to put your mind where your heart is now. And when I say that is you got to build up riches in heaven. Now, I, I, I am going to close with this, okay? To live holy is the only way to please God. Because you can't love God without holiness. You have to be set apart from sin. You have to be set apart from what this world is telling you is right. You have to make sure that it's right before God first. You got to make sure that you're not living some kind of hypocritical life. And I say that to myself. I have to make sure as well. But it, it's, it's so much more than that. You get to commune. You get to have relationship with the God of heaven and earth. You get to have relationship with a God who's seen your beginning and seen your end. You get to have relationship with a God. And by relationship, I mean you actually get to speak with him. He gets to tell you what to do. And you get to ask him what to do. And you get to say, yeah, oh, snap, that's bad. Someone called me. But that was funny. <laughs> but you get, to, you get to do things. Like, I, I don't know. I always, look at, I always look at Lawrence. I look at the stories of the Bible. And I'm like, I want to do that stuff. I want to go places. I want to preach to people. I want to I feel that adrenaline pumping where I'm like, I get to serve God. You know, I want to face my fears and be like, I have a God who goes before me. And the Bible says to not worry about treasures on earth, right, that can be, that can be taken. Things can get them. Heck, dude, your Jordans, man, you're probably gonna, they're probably going to get stolen one day. I know my shoes got stolen one time. They did. And my basketball, Julian knows about that. My basketball got stolen. It was my first evolution basketball. It got stolen. Jesus says to store your treasures 
and a place where they can't be taken. And that's heaven. Right now, you guys are all so young. And I'm young, dude. I'm only 20. Like, y'all thinking I'm 30 or something. I'm only 20. Some of you guys be like, man, you look 16. You're like 5'6". The thing is, we're all young, right? Let's store heavens and treasure, uh, store treasures in heaven. Let's live for God now. Let's not be a Jacob who spends so long for their life running from God and have so many regrets. Let's live for God now. Uh, Stephanie, if you can come up. Oh, she already knows. She's on it. I have three steps to live holy. And these aren't the only steps to live holy. You, If you read the Bible, you can find many more ways to live holy. But one is know who you are before God. Jesus Christ. Are you a sinner or are you a saint? And I, I'm, I'm going to pause a little bit because I want you guys to think about that. Because it's so, it's so real right now. To think about that. This is the, the position of your soul. This is where you're going in life. If you are a sinner, dude, the Bible says this, that Jesus came for the sinner. That Jesus came for the sinner, not for the righteous, right? Because the doctor doesn't come for the healthy. The doctor comes for the sick. So if you're sick, God's your healing. If you're saying, man, I can't stop sinning, guess what, dude? All right, you're in a good place. You're in a place where we know about Jesus, you're hearing about the one who can help you, who can save you, who can make you new. And if you're a saint, then rejoice in God. And don't, don't lose sight of who he is. Now, two, be honest before God and others. Don't be two-faced. Simple as that. When I was young, I had like three faces. I was like one person with my family, one person with my friends, one person with the church. And I was so confused with who I was. You know, I was, I, when I look at Jacob, I kind of see someone similar. Someone who's lying, trying to keep up with this false sense of, you know, holiness or righteousness. Like, man, I, you know, at least I'm not messed up like this person or whatever. You know, they kind of know God, but they're, they're running away. But be honest, you know what I'm saying? Be honest before God. Are you in sin? Do you need help? Because the longer you go deceiving yourself, right, when you face God, it's as simple as this. He's going to say, away from me. I never knew you. Because you deceived yourself this long. There's people, there's actually churches, right, <laughs> that they think they're good, but they don't even think the word of God, the Bible, is important. They're deceiving themselves. They're over here like, yo, you saved the Bible? Oh, man, it's, it's whatever. But when God sees them, what he's going to tell them? Oh, man, you know, my word, my word wasn't that important. But how many of us do we live like that? We say, man, I don't know how many of you guys even read the Bible, to be honest. I know I didn't read the Bible. I didn't start reading the Bible consistently until I was like 18 years old. I, would <laughs> I read like the verse of the day. I would see like a meme or something. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. But I mean, do you guys know what this is? This is the word of God. God spoke to man to speak to us. So be honest before God and your leaders. We can help you. We've been there. We can, we can lead you there. And number three, this is, this is where I, I want to close. Love the Lord with your life. All of it. Some of you guys, you guys really don't care. I'm going to be real. Like, I know you guys don't care. I'm preaching to you guys. I'm looking at you guys. Heck, after I speak to you and we pray and everything, the same people will come up here and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll repeat this prayer and I'll be good. Dude, that prayer don't save you. Matter of fact, we're not even going to do that tonight because it's all up to you and God. See, Jacob got alone. 
Jacob got alone because I'm tired of this, dude. I see the same people come up every week, right? They're like, man, God, forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. Make me new. Dude, they say that thing like 10 times, dude. They can probably say it without even the person having to tell them, right? But yet they don't mean it. They're the same person. Dude, if you met God for real, dude, y'all would be so different. Dude, people in your school, they would just know. Your mom would just know. We would just know. You'd be so different. But until then, until there's change, because, dude, repentance ain't saying a prayer. Repentance is change. A person who's mute and can't speak, they'll see the kingdom of God before you ever will. And that's the truth. So love your Lord, love the Lord with all your life. Every part of it. And I, I and again, this is a confession, and I, I would like that scripture up. This is a confession that Jacob did, you know. And it took him a long time to get to this point. And, and dude, a lot of you guys be coming to Elevate. Some of you guys are new. Hello, this is Elevate. This is Elevate. But some of you guys have been coming for a while, and you guys really still are the same. Some of you guys are what the Bible calls uh, lukewarm, which means that you're neither hot nor cold. But at the end, God's going to spit you out his mouth. If you half and half, guess what? You ain't get the fullness of God. If you're giving yourself half to the Lord, then you're not going to get anything from the Lord. Lord. Jesus is either Lord of all or Lord of nothing. And that's the truth. If you're playing games right now, it's your time. It's your time to repent, to confess your sins. And now for the people that they've, this is the first time they're hearing this, you guys can come up here. And you see, this is, this is such a beautiful verse. It says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, Jesus Christ, he's, a, he's alive, dude. He's alive, and he wants to save you. So if you were to come here, right, just like Jacob did, alone with God, and you were to tell God who you are, you might be like, man, dude, I'm not even that bad of a kid. Man, I've only, like, lied a couple times. I've only done a few bad things. The Bible says that whoever sins is a slave to sin. So you need freedom. So you can come up here and you can get along with God. Prayer is basically speaking to God. Speak to God. Wrestle with him. Ask him, Lord, will you set me free? God will save you. And for the people that are kind of like what I was mentioning earlier, lukewarm, you're not coming up here. I was reading, I was listening to something, and someone said this. In the Old Testament, the altar was either for sacrifice or death. They would sacrifice animals here on the altar. The Bible calls us to be living sacrifices. So what I want you guys to do right there, if you guys are thinking, man, dude, I, I need to repent, I need to get right with God, be a living sacrifice. See the things that are keeping you from God. Die to those things. Say those things don't even matter anymore. You get along with God. You deal with it. Because God is there. God is with you. But just, just let that be known, okay? That God is with you and that there's still hope. You're just, the, the course of destiny might change if you give it to the Lord. That's the truth. So I'm, I'm going to pray and uh, the altar is going to be open uh, for the people that have not been here before, okay? But if you've been here before, 
I want you to get along with God, and I want the leaders be led by God. If you see someone that is, you can tell they're praying, I want you to just comfort them, talk to them, okay? Give them time. But this is where you meet God, okay? Lord God, I just thank you, God, for this word, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that I, I spoke it, Lord, and I spoke it the way you would want it to be spoken. I pray for the people that heard this word, Lord, that they would not just be hearers, but they would be doers, Lord. I pray, God, for the hearts of the young people in here, Lord, that they would be stirred on fire, God, that, Lord, they would be changed radically, Jesus. I pray for the first row, Lord, God, to be different, to be different than this generation. I pray for the second row, Lord, to stop hanging on to sin, Lord. I pray for the third row, God, for, for everyone in this room, God, Lord, to see you in a new way. God, some people that have not seen you or know even know about you, God, at all, Lord, I pray that they would know at least this, that you have been raised from the dead, and you have come to give them life. And that is all they need to know to be saved is that you, Jesus, can save them, Lord. I pray, God, for the people that are backslidden, Lord, that need you, Jesus, that they would not be afraid, God, but they would meet you where you're at, at, your, at the seats. I pray, God, that you would speak to them, Lord, and they would be set free from any type of sin, Lord. Lord, let this be a place of revival, God. Have your way, Jesus, and your power and your power alone, you will set these people free.
If you are, if you've been praying, and you you've wrestled with God, you God, you feel like you know that God has made you new. You repented of your sins. The Bible talks about confession, right? Because a lot of you guys know what baptism is, but that is basically confession. What they did back in the day was they would confess themselves following to the Lord. They said, "I am ready to follow Jesus," and they would do it publicly, right? They would first do it. By themselves with God, and then they would announce it to people. So if you right now have said, Hey, I I, I followed I'm gonna follow Jesus now, you can come up. You can come up, and we're gonna pray together that God will keep you. Again, this isn't a sinner's prayer. So if if you're saying, Oh man, you you know, I, I want to do the sinner's prayer, that, that's not it. If you want God to give you strength to live this life, this Christian life, you can come up.